Hey, podcasters. Before we get into today's show, I wanted to share a resource that the podcast community has rallied behind. If you're looking for ways to support those affected by the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, visit podvoices.help. That's the website, podvoices.help. Podvoices.help has a collection of scripts, links, and other ways to support those affected. If you want to support with your voice or podcast, learn more at podvoices.help. That's not uh that's not your uh, speakers broken, dear listeners. That is an actual podcast. Three hours of white noise, one episode. <laughs> uh, I, and, and I heard folks were making some serious podcast coin by just running white noise podcasts. Okay, well, I don't know if we can how much we can verify this, but Bloomberg ran a piece saying that there's people making up to eighteen thousand dollars a month. With these per white month. noise podcasts per month, let yeah, that, not let that settle in, Stuart. <laughs> so let's do let's do the math here. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up. Actually, <laughs> I was gonna call it back of the napkin math, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up an actual calculator. Yeah. Eighteen thousand times. You do that while I cry oh. into my podcast pillow. So <laughs> somebody out there is making two hundred sixteen thousand dollars a year making white noise podcasts, uh, listener funded. So Bloomberg ran this piece a while back and it was written by Ashley Carmen, right? Great, great reporter in the, in the space. And she really did a good story on that. So this of course will be linked along with other show notes and everything and really worth listening. Uh, and it's like everything else, right? I mean, it seems so simple, white noise, just record white noise, but this, this is done very, very well. And like everything else, there's, more the, than meets the eye or meets the ear in this case. You know, I wonder, a little weird though, right? If you're, if you're listening to white noise and then there's an ad that plays, isn't that defeating the purpose of the white noise? I, I saw somebody on Twitter say that they were listening to a white noise uh, station app podcast. Do, do I even dare call it a podcast? But they were listening to a white noise podcast and they said uh, they were using it to fall asleep. And she said, all of a sudden, a man came on reading an ad in like a really low tone to kind of like match the context of of white noise. But it was an ad. I don't know what it was for, but it scared the heck out of her, as you could imagine. <laughs> like well, it hopefully it was at least a mattress ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, that's that, that is interesting. I mean, it looks like at least in this case, the folks at Best Noise Labs I have not listened to all three hours of this particular track, but uh, it does it does look like they they have you know a place where folks can click a link and go donate. I know I know at Castos where we lean more that way, right? We're more into the to the listener funded model than we are say uh, being ad supported. Yeah, we also lead with saying create great content too. <laughs> so <laughs> there's also that. I guess I can't take away from white noise not being great content. I mean, if it's if it's achieving the job of whatever relaxation or distraction or falling asleep and it's doing its job, then I guess you're creating good content. In that yeah. World. And I mean, I, I'm not, I've never been quite a strongly opinionated personally about whether or not a person should fund their, their podcast or their project through, through ad support or, or through listeners. I think you got to do what makes the most sense for your project. For these, it doesn't make sense in my opinion to be ad supported for the reason 
you just described, unless it was something like a host ad, a host red ad at the very beginning. Okay, maybe. Uh, but some of the more like programmatic type things where you've got, you know, you've got these programs that just kind of build ads into your podcast. Uh, that really messes, messes up the, the listener flow. If you want to read that article by Ashley, that'll be in the show notes. Spotify podcasters are making 18000 a month with nothing but white noise. Let's go right into the Spotify thing then. <laughs> since, since we're talking about uh, monetization, money, creators, I have a lot to say. We have a few clips to play uh, recently uh, as of... The beginning of this month, uh, we were in Chicago. Castos crew was not not used to it. We left you behind. Yeah, um, I had to hold the fort. I had to hold the fort down. Keep an eye. Yeah, keep an eye on everything. Uh, Spotify had their investor meeting, um, and it's you know sort of like Apple esque. They take the stage. They talk about what's new, big things coming next, et cetera, et cetera. One of the big thing, one of the big feature things things that I, ha- I have to laugh is uh, they'll be getting user feedback through polls, polls. That'll be the, uh, the big uh, feature improvement to Spotify for podcasting coming up soon. But more importantly, the thing that really stuck out for me, and I know you have a, a, a clip, I have a clip. Uh, they sort of kind of just said like, oh, nothing major has happened in podcasting for like the last 20 years. So really putting Spotify up on their Spotify putting Spotify up on their own mantle of like saying, hey, we're the ones innovating here, not the industry. And and to me, that was a slap in the face to all of us podcasters who wake up every day creating a podcast and, and podcast hosts, advert, even advertisers, uh, other creatives in the industry, podcast 2.0, uh, open source movement. Man, it, it, it was tough, but I get it. I get why they said it. Because they want to stand out and be like, we're the place for podcasters. Still a closed source, walled garden ecosystem. And that's the part that really that really gets my goat is that side of it. I don't even get why they said it. It's just such a it's just such a baffling comment to make. I mean, it's I'm of the opinion that a rising tide, you know, lifts all ships. So Spotify would benefit as and has benefited, I think, a lot from people who innovate it's just a completely absurd position to take let's go to this clip it's not the clip about rss but it's a clip that sort of makes you feel like if you didn't know it would make you feel like all podcasts go to spotify now think about how far we've come in just under four years we've gone from having virtually no podcasts on platform to being a global leader in the market to put this in perspective When Anchor joined Spotify in 2019, there were fewer than 500,000 podcasts on the platform. Today, there are over 4 million, and Anchor powers more than 75% of them. So I have have so many problems with that, not just because Anchor is another podcast hosting company, largely the... The value there is it's free and you can start there free and you can record on your phone. And that's all fine if like you're trying to get your feet wet. In fact, we have a ton of customers who start at Anchor and they're like, okay, I'm taking my podcast seriously now. Give me some real tools. It's the fact that the numbers are just, they're just vanity metrics, right? As it's known in the space. And it doesn't matter. Like all you have to do is create the account and upload one episode and they just count it as a, as like a podcast. By the way, if you go to podcastindex.org, there's 4 million plus. So let me just see. I have it right open in front of me right here. So if I scroll to the 
mid bottom total podcast in the X index 4,087,851 in the last 90 days, 498,000 of them uh, have been updated. So it's just like with anchor, all you have to do or all they do is say, Oh, somebody created a free anchor account. And even if they only uploaded a one second clip of them going testing, (laughs) they counted it (laughs) as, as like a full podcast. Right. So, to the people who don't know, who are just like, oh, wow, Spotify, is are they the place to go? Like, they can just leverage those vanity metrics, number one. And then there's like all you have, what? All Spotify has to do is make their own, make a whole bunch of podcast accounts on their own platform and say that they have 4 million. In fact, uh, WordPress.com has an integration with uh, Anchor where it will take a, you know, you write a blog post on WordPress.com. And you can automatically send it to an anchor account and it just reads the text in an AI voice. And you can select from like a half a dozen different like voices or something like that. So all one needs to do is just like get a bunch of spam text, throw it on probably these white noise people, <laughs> throw a bunch of text onto a post and then send it off to anchor automatically turns it into a podcast. And you don't even have to have a microphone at this point to create a podcast on anchor. So let me get this straight now. You can make a podcast without having a microphone, without having really done anything, and now you're a podcaster. I, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a gatekeeper, like right. Like I've tried to be like pretty cool and like and like embracing a lot of this like AI and things that do legitimately make our jobs easier. But at some point, uh, you know, you start to get a little suspicious of you know what are the, what are these guys up to, right? I, I look at I look at stuff any kind of. AI or any of this tech now that that makes our our jobs easier. I look at it as a tool, something that is meant to kind of supplement the tools and skills I already have. Uh, Getting to a point now where we're losing some of the artistry and craftsmanship that really make these things good. I guess maybe the positive outlook on that is there's still going to be a very clear distinction between a podcast that's just put on autopilot and one that really uses I hate the word, I hate the term human capital, but the one that uses like real people and thoughtfulness behind it. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a very clear distinction uh, between those those podcasts. Do, uh, do you need to set up this clip, your clip that you have, or do you want me to just go ahead and hit play? One context I'll give is the juxtaposition of white noise for three hours versus what uh, what you're about to hear. I get this question a lot about what the next trend is in, in podcasting. Sorry. Uh, and and uh, I think t- to me, the, like the biggest trend is is the growth of the podcast audience. But looking specifically mm-hmm. at content, it's I don't want to say unfortunately, but it it's still documentary storytelling and and conversation podcast that drives the the majority of the listening hours for us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as we heard yesterday, we're experimenting in scripted. Uh, we think there's a future there where different type of scripted content can can play a bigger role for for a bigger audience going forward. Um, but I think I mean it, it's so easy to to talk about podcast from a sort of a theme perspective or or uh, a celebrity perspective. But to me, it's much more personal and intimate than that. I think it, it like podcast to me has everything to do with the tonality and and the way the the person talking is connecting with the listener mm. and and when you keep that in mind 
the theme doesn't really matter as much. I'm not saying it's insignificant, but it really, it's about that connection between the listener and, and, uh, and the host. Yeah, and that compared to like AI-driven <laughs> text-to-speech, you know, that, that sort of just sucks the wind out of that integration. But I guess it is what it is at, at that point for them. They don't care. They're creating another, they're creating another podcast, right? Yeah, but it but it, that juxtaposition is interesting to me because we, we sometimes we see these stories that are are framed as blank is the future of podcasting. And I think maybe the subtext here of what this guy was saying, and by the way, if you're not familiar with that, that was Johan uh, Cedaforce. He's uh, a, a higher up at Spotify, and he was at the radio. Nordic head of content. Nordic, Nordic head of Nordic head of content. Uh, so, yeah higher up i guess he's a, he's a he's a big shot uh this was at radio days europe this was like where a lot of folks who are audio creators uh in europe as the title will suggest got together and just kind of had one of these one of these conferences one of these festivals like you were talking about earlier and yeah so the the subtext there is that the crafted the the crafted podcast the audio fiction the the narrative nonfiction, he sees that as being something that's driving a lot of revenue and a lot of listenership for spotify and they're probably looking a lot at a lot of the listenership data and are saying, hey, that's a place where we can invest. So I wanted I, I thought that was an interesting kind of counter perspective to this idea of, uh, yeah, just just create some white noise for, for three hours. And that's the future of audio. And again, kind of the counterweight to what you were talking about with, yeah, you could just put your, your podcast on autopilot and you'll be good because it's one of those things where you have to you have to make that uh, distinction, right? Yes, you can have something that's made through Descript and Anchor and all these all these integrative tools you can have now. And yes, you never have to touch in a doll, a digital audio workspace, and you never have to have a microphone and you don't ever have to even work with like an editor. You can do all those things and technically have a podcast. But what I think people are ultimately drawn to is the stuff that's really well made. Maybe the market will figure those things out. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I'm really just speculating here. This doesn't lean into respecting the craft, like you and I talk about a lot here. But we're doing a story project, code name, the story, <laughs> in, <laughs> internally here at Castos, uh, where we're we're looking at the the, uh, the roles of centralized and decentralized and podcasting, and you know, getting a bunch of opinions uh, from some well-respected folks in the industry and and chopping it and editing it all together to, to hopefully make a great story covering this stuff <clears throat> at the end of the day look I, I think you know one as much as it pains me to say like you know my god we it's funny to say this like we compete against spotify which we do but you know they don't even know we exist right? like we uh, compete against apple same thing they don't definitely don't know that we exist, although we are on their recommended host page, along with some others. It's good for the industry that there is this sort of chaos that happens, like this push and pull of RSS and closed ecosystems, because it's going to keep us innovating and creating stuff around RSS. The obvious wins are, yeah, if you have more people using Spotify for podcasts, if more podcasters are interested in creating content just for Spotify, then yeah, Spotify can give you more data. They can, you know, track this stuff. They can analyze it. You know, one of the guys that we interviewed for the story, Tanner Campbell, he loves the fact that, you know, algorithms and discovery and patterns and all of this stuff can lead to more downloads. I get it. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, you're just putting all of your eggs in the Spotify basket. And we've seen that story play out. <laughs> we saw it play out with Facebook. It was very simple for anyone who's a business owner for the last, whatever, 15 years on the internet. You saw Facebook pages come to life and they said, get a thousand fans to your Facebook page, get a thousand likes to your Facebook page, and you can reach this audience instantly on this feed in this walled garden that is Facebook. And then a short five years after that, you were then reaching 10% of that audience organically. And if you wanted to reach 60% of that audience, you had to pay for it. You know, and then they came out with like the gamble. Uh, you know, or, or the 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 roulette of of advertising boost this post, which was literally like just burning money away. It's like, hey, hopefully people will see this. Here's ten bucks, Facebook. Hopefully everyone sees it. And that's not a world I want to live in as a podcaster. But I don't mind competing against them. As as weird as that might be, like I, I like that they're doing it because I can I get to compete to it or against it versus just yeah the you know, a lack of innovation. So I think they do keep pushing the industry. And, that, and that's really all I have to say on the Spotify topic. I mean, ask a musician how they feel about Spotify being a good steward of their of their art, right? I mean, a lot of musicians, unless you're extremely popular, aren't really getting a lot of money from Spotify. And really with them being, I think, really the only player in that, in the, in the, in the world of music or really the predominant one, they, they, they really don't have, much of a choice other than to be on Spotify and in hopes that that'll somehow create some awareness for them. Uh, so it, to me, it, I don't, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any confidence that as an audio creator, as a podcaster, that I could just, just be on Spotify and really thrive. I, I just don't see, I don't personally for me and the type of work I do, I just don't see uh, any, any upside to that. I think we've, been pretty clear about what we think the best way for the average independent creator to be successful is to glean some kind of indirect value from what they're doing. That could be the value for value model, which we'll talk about a lot uh, in, in the story, as it were. Or again, like a lot of people, a lot of these folks that we work with, you know, they just kind of consider making a podcast to be part of their marketing budget. And they can, they can go on their website and people can listen to it. And they've decided that, hey, you know, of course, we're not going to sell any mattress ads or, you know, an ad for better help on our podcast. But we will connect better with an audience. Our customers want us to make one. So, I, again, I, I just to me, it, it's I don't want I don't want podcasting to become like TikTok, where it's just everybody kind of competing for attention and doing things only for the sake of getting clicks. I, I, I have a very low opinion of creators who, who make things like that. Hopefully I don't sound like a snob saying that, but that's just, that's just how I feel. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I could definitely see, like, I hadn't thought about that in that angle. And, and, you, and one can imagine that you see this at all the big tech companies. And it started with what, uh, I think Vine was the first kind of like short form video uh for those of you that remember it largely it was i think it was owned by twitter right or it's definitely being pushed primarily on twitter and um and then you just started to see like all of a sudden um instagram had it or no no snapchat came and then snapchat had like the the disappearing like 
uh, short form videos. And then you saw Instagram have it and then Facebook got it. Now LinkedIn has it and Twitter had it for like six months and they were like, this isn't working out. Right. So you just see like this copycat equation happen across all of these tech giants. And I, yeah, like you, I, I, I can definitely see a world where Spotify, like somebody sits around the boardroom, that dude who's the, the head of Nordic contents, like I got an idea. TikTok. <laughs> and then before you know it, it's like we're just swiping through mindlessly through like audio clips. I don't know. Maybe it works. Maybe it works for a certain set of, of podcasters, but I can definitely see a boardroom full of Spotify execs going, that's what we got to do. And and yeah, I, you know, it just exhausts everyone where they're just like, ugh, more audio clips. I don't want it. And we don't want yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Let's hop over to uh, something that uh, popped up this week, uh, last week, sorry, uh, last week of, as of this recording. Uh, the Roe versus Wade, we're not going to break it down and give the details and the uh, political uh, insight, uh, but there is a pretty large podcaster movement uh, happening to support pro-choice and women's rights started by Arielle Nissenblatt. Uh, many of you know her from uh, Squadcast fame. So if you are uh, moved to support what uh, she and others are doing, in the, comp in the description, we'll have the links to a shared Google Doc, which highlights some scripts, some links, some further discussion around the topic. Uh, and if you want to, what they're doing is a sort of big campaign for uh, ad roll or uh, pre-rolls uh, through like dynamic ad insertion, right? So you can, you know, do record a 30 second or a 60 second intro to your podcast, highlighting how, how you can help uh, or how you can raise awareness. And then former guest on the show, Marcus DePaula also put together a website, podvoices.help. That's the URL, podvoices.help, which also links to this uh to this google document uh as well so if that's something that uh, you're interested in weaving into your own podcast either top of the show mid-roll however you want to support or you just want to read through the doc to see what others are doing check out that link in the description roadcaster pro 2 let's talk about that Stuart. we did a review on it i'm using it right now you waited a half an hour for me to play with it <laughs> to run a clip, uh, which, you know, it still didn't work the way I, I was, I was wanting to set it up. Roadcaster pro sort of took the world by storm like four years ago at, at this point. And I remember like everyone, I remember people buying it. I remember friends, other podcasters buying it. I'm like, do I need that too? <laughs> do, do I need that device to, to be a podcaster? Um, the road. So at the end of the day, as you can as you can imagine, I did not buy it. I was running something by the Universal Audio. I now I'm forget I'm forgetting the name of it. I see it across the room from me right now. Um, it was a fantastic device. I, it replaced my focus right, but I got the Rodecaster Two Pro Two for a few reasons. One, I do a lot of local podcasts in my local community, and I can record directly to the device. I don't even need a computer, which the old one did too, but this obviously has more features now. And it does 72, 
75 <laughs> decibels uh, of gain in the preamp. 72 or 75 or 70. Uh, we're not a tech review show, people. 76, 76 decibels of gain. So I don't need a cloud lifter anymore for, for the mics uh that i because that really held me back to like doing local shows local podcasts because i was like god i gotta buy i gotta spend like 400 dollars on a cloud lifter you know to power my my sm7b's and my high opr 40 like eh, i don't know if i really want to spend that money but this has enough juice to run those mics uh and a ton of new features i know you haven't had a chance to uh to play with it yet Stuart, but um does this excite you at all? Or are you just like, it's just a, it's just a toy. It's just a toy, Matt. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I'm jealous. I'm glad you have it. I mean, like, I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Look at the end of the day. Yeah. The, these are fun. You don't need this kind of investment. There are, I mean, I, I would say like the, actually the most critical reason that I got it is, is because I do the, the local podcasts and like, sometimes I have to go to somebody's office and, whatever, like I got to get a power cord, set the room up. Like it's like all of these things that happen. And then like I said, recording with my computer or that I'm recording with like a task cam thing. So just the idea that I can just run everything off of this one unit and it records directly to the, and I don't even need a computer that like, really that's it. It's a smaller form factor than the old one. I'm going to do a review, a full review of some of the top things that I like on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash castos. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not an audio engineer like maybe Stuart is and like some of these real high-end YouTube tech reviewers, but I'll talk about it from my standpoint and how I use it for creating the podcast. Look, at the end of the day, I think these, these devices are going to get faster, better, cheaper, which means we'll get more podcasters. And it'll, it'll make people's workflows hopefully a lot simpler. Because the stuff is getting pretty technical. Yeah, I mean, it's to, to me, I look at it the same as AI, right? Mm. Uh, and I keep using AI kind of as like a like a stand-in for just these programs that make our jobs easier, like Descript and that type of thing. I, does that does that classify as AI? I, I don't know, but what, what I think as a frame of reference, people get what I'm talking about. I, yeah, I, I just always look at it as a, a tool to get to where where you need to go. So again, I'm not someone who uh, is real precious about all that stuff. I'm even okay calling things that aren't directly on like an RSS feed, a podcast as a, as a frame of reference. I mean, you know, that might get me in trouble. I might, you know, but you can send me, you can send me mean messages if you want. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you and I were talking about that some on, you know, for the story, right. We were talking with people who were like, it's not a podcast if it's not distributed via an RSS. And I agree with that on a technical standpoint, but we know we, even here at Castos, you know, we work with people who we've made, we've made, you know, uh, we've made audio, I guess, for people who share it via like an app or a website. And it's not, you, you won't, you'll never find that on Apple or Spotify or anything like that. <laughs> we're technically a podcast company, but you know, of course we're applying all the same principles to, to just making the show that we would, anything that's distributed via a podcast. So that was kind of a, a rabbit hole, I guess. But all that's to say is, you know, I'm, I'm not strongly opinionated one way or the other about the tools we use. Uh, we have probably what I would consider, what, a grab bag of, of headlines that we can kind of just go through, which is this link uh, from Edison Research. How many shows must one buy to reach the majority of podcast listeners in the U.S.? Uh, fun fact, you can buy into the top 1,000 podcasts and reach 82% of the 
weekly U.S. listenership. So the top 1,000 shows reaches uh, 82% of the U.S. And, and there's all this sort of mix of dialogue that I saw go on uh, around the podcasting sphere, sort of just like this is, you know, man, of course, if you advertise on, let's say, Conan's show, you're going to reach a boatload of people than if you were to, to advertise on audience uh, right here at Castos. What I kind of like about this is it's saying, hey, okay, there's a chance, <laughs> right? There's a chance. If you can break into uh, the top 1,000, uh, you know, you have a, a chance if you're going after like that advertiser route or that sort of broad listenership route. Because another thing that is being talked about a lot lately is, my God, do we need another celebrity podcast? You have two other links. I have one other link. Do you want to mention your other two or do you want to go one for one? Let's go, let's go one for one. Headliner strikes back at Descript. So Headliner is an integration that you actually have if you're a Castos customer uh, in a growth plan uh, at Castos. Headliner is very popular for creating audiograms, uh, taking a snippet of audio, turning it into a sort of uh, nice animated video, use those to publish on social or newsletters or intranets, wherever you're doing your uh, podcast promotion. And it seems like uh, the giant in the room, which is Descript, which, my God, if it ever gets bought by some company that I despise, <laughs> we'll be back on the show talking about it. Um, but it seems like everyone's going after Descript these days. Like I said with this Roadcaster 2, I think technology is getting faster, more efficient, and less expensive. So transcribing uh, podcasts, much easier these days. And uh, people building a lot of tooling around transcripts. That's what uh, edit eddy.com is edit eddy.com that's that's headliners play at sort of like descript upload your audio you get a transcript of it and then you can edit your audio via the transcript uh, and then pull quotes and clips and create videos out of it. it's a it's a natural fit for a company certainly like headliner um seeing as that descript has like a whole videogram feature uh video editing tool in it uh it's it's pretty robust and uh, I'm just interested to see, you know, where it goes. Uh, and maybe we'll see a deeper integration here at Castos with, uh, with Headliner, with Edit Eddie. Uh, if that's you and you're interested, just, you know, email us, hello at Castos. Say, hey, yeah, I'd love to see that in Castos. But uh, I like these tools. I like playing with these tools. I like seeing what efficiencies I can find with them. And uh, if there's something else to help a, a podcaster sort of, you know, create these, these things that help promote their podcast, I'm... I'm all about it. I think it's in like a beta. So, you know, you might not be able to get activated right away, but edit eddy.com. Uh, it looks, it looks pretty fun. I'm rooting for him. Well, we were talking about celebrity uh, podcasts, Matt. I don't know if this quite qualifies. If I say the name Eve Barsley to you, does that, is, does that resonate with you? Does that mean anything? That name right through the old noggin got nothing. Okay. All right, so Eve Barsley, uh, that's his That's his real name. That's his birth name. His stage name is Clem Snide. He's kind of like an indie folk singer. Pretty pretty talented person. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan of his music for years. Uh, he came out with a podcast lately. He is working with Double Elvis Productions. They are a production house primarily focusing on, or almost exclusively on, I would believe, music shows. Uh, they, I think, famously do Disgraceland and Women in Hip Hop and some like some really pretty cool stuff. I mean, this is this is state of the art. This is top notch, big budget, 
type podcasting. Uh, he took he has a very very different approach to to making a podcast than maybe a typical celebrity would. Uh, I also uh, send you a link to another musician I like named Craig Finn. He's the front man of a band called The Hold Steady. He also has a podcast called How I Remember It, and it is it's produced by Talkhouse. They again they also I think kind of uh, specialize in like musicians making podcasts, but uh, it's just more the kind of like two guys chatting type thing. Again, fine. It's actually I sometimes enjoy, uh, particularly because I like music so much. I like hearing some of those behind the scenes stories, what it's really like to be on tour, all that. But what Clint Snyder is doing is very different than all of that. His podcast is called A Life and Song, and it's really neat because someone can. Uh, he works with his wife. His wife will interview somebody. They'll basically give uh, his wife kind of their life story almost. And I have to imagine that's a long, stem-winding, hours-long conversation. Together, they pull out the the best parts of it, and it kind of plays initially like a bit of a monologue, just this person telling little snippets of their life. And at the end of it, uh, Eve writes a song for them. So every episode will be titled, you know, by that person's song, like a song for Josh, a song for Mike, a song for past, a song for Angela. And it, it, it's it's pretty cool. It's, it's it's really neat. It's it's very different. It's a very different approach to making a podcast. So one I shared just because I like I like advocating for you know the shows I like, people who are doing neat things. Yeah, man. I mean, I think anything that you that a podcaster can reach to for inspiration and just broadening your view, like not just two people in a microphone uh talking about stuff is uh you know is important and even if even if like the format of the show is the same but they just have a different tact on it or just you know i'm always learning i'm always learning from you i'm always learning from our guests that 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 you bring on um and i think it's it's very healthy it looks like um well just looking at the website clem snide or clem sni dot de <laughs> uh must be a local to the Northeast, right? Because he's he's got tour dates, or they have tour dates in New Hampshire, Rhode Island, right near me, Maine, Cambridge, the Martha's Vineyard. Must be uh, yeah. right right yeah. around here, North yeah, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah, where 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 North Carolina? I didn't look at the tour schedule. I don't know. Well, let me let me Let's tell you, uh, Asheville, Asheville. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. Asheville's a pretty happening place down in in these parts. Asheville, Charlotte. Carborough. There we go. Carborough. Car- yeah, Carborough. Probably probably the world famous cat's cradle, if I had to guess. There you go. Uh hey, this has been a great this has been a great episode. We, we're doing this now. We're trying to do this at the end of every month, right? We're looking at some of the news items that are the most impactful for podcaster podcast creators we're looking to monetize their show uh we're not trying to do like obviously we're not trying to do like a pod land a pod news uh some of our colleagues uh that are in the space also do some news roundups we're, we're trying to take a different tact here if there's something that you want to hear on the the monthly news roundup let us know send us an email hello at castos.com or just tweet at us castos hq on twitter this podcast is uh, located at castos.com slash audience. We'd love for you to join. Look, this is not just your podcast about podcasting from podcast hosts. There's plenty of those. You're here for a different reason. You're here for Stuart, really. Oh, wow. That, I don't find that. That's not reassuring to me. That's, <laughs> that's terrifying. Now, now I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night worried about 
audience. Whether whether it's good or yeah, I'm gonna wake up in the middle. Audience. <laughs> hey there, listener. It's Matt. Before you go, I want to offer you, the aspiring podcaster, two special items. Number one. If you haven't started a podcast yet or you want to find a better podcast hosting company, start here at Castos. Use our coupon code AUDIENCE20, that's AUDIENCE20, when you sign up for a new account at Castos.com. Start a podcast like the one you just heard or about gluten-free muffins, whatever it is, will help you get your podcast out into the world. Number two, did you know that our academy is free? Enroll today for free at academy.castos.com. Get access to our courses, videos, and templates, all for free. Thanks for listening to the Audience Podcast today. We hope we're helping you become a better podcaster. All that's left for you to do is share this episode on social media. Bye for now.